Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. Lovely to be back with you. We've got uh, another conversation from our time at Manchester Central Library for you this month. Um, and it's a Joe Shapcott poem theme. Uh, a poet that I'm uh, afraid to say I wasn't familiar with until uh, meeting this poem. Indeed, and it was wonderful to have uh, this Joe Shapcott poem brought in and the story which you'll hear within the conversation about how the poem was discovered. It's great to be featuring Joe's work on the podcast. I'm sure many of our listeners will be familiar with her work. She's been a big inspiration for lots of young writers, a fabulous teacher, a phenomenal poet, winner of many prizes, including the Forward. Uh, I think the Costa Book Award, perhaps, as well, and a National Poetry Competition winner. So, Michael, I think we should crack on with it. Terrific. So, you're going to be hearing myself and Fiona talking about Of Mutability, the poem that's been a friend to Hannah. So, have you... I do have a poem. You've got a friend uh, with you. Incredibly like tattered copy, which I thought I'd bring because it's quite funny. Because it's beautiful. Uh, Which, yeah, this is oh great. Would you mind um, reading it out loud for us? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Too many of the best cells in my body are itching, feeling jagged, turning raw in this spring chill. It's 2004, and I don't know a soul who doesn't feel small among the numbers. Razor small. Look down these days to see your feet mistrust the pavement and your blood tests turn the doctor's expression grave. Look up to catch eclipses, gold leaf, comets, angels, chandeliers out of the corner of your eye. Join them if you like. Learn astrophysics or learn folk song, human sacrifice, mortality, flying, fishing, sex without touching much. Don't trouble, though, to head anywhere but the sky. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Hannah, you've got this fabulous sort of uh, <laughs> slightly battered-looking <laughs> copy of, mm. of Joe Shapcott's collection with a bit of silver gaffer tape down the spine. Uh-huh. Um, that would suggest to me that, uh, that this is quite a well-used... Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been about a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's quite well-thumbed. Mm. When did you first... Uh, so I, I guess I was like 17, so about uh, seven years ago. Did somebody give it to you? How did you come across I think Joe's I found world? it just sort of in a black world when I was waiting for a train. And I just sort of opened it and was like, yes, I'll, I'll take this. <laughs> and why this poem? Tell us about this poem. Uh, ooh, I can already feel like I'm... <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, it's okay. So at the moment at which I kind of like found it and Mm. found like this particular poem, I was 17 um, and you know, you can can feel in it the sort of like the representation of cancer and stuff. At that exact moment, my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Um, And I think it was like in this moment of real loneliness and like being like young and trying to understand things. Um, which is what drew me so like entirely to it mm-hmm. yeah he like he, he recovered is fine but I think it was just this like not really knowing who to turn to or who to talk to and 
And for that reason, in a very literal sense, it became a friend to me when I didn't really know like who my friends were and like how to talk about anything. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, thank you so much for. I mean, isn't that? I mean, that you opened that book in that shop at that moment. I mean, gosh. <laughs> yeah. What are the chances? It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, were you generally in the habit of opening poetry books in shops and having a look at them, or a little, but not loads? I yeah. think I developed it kind of because of this. You know. Yeah. How amazing. <laughs> committing to something like a random search. <laughs> So this was this was around the time your dad was diagnosed. Yeah. It must have been incredible to take yeah. that book off a shelf not even looking for anything uh, and then and this is the first poem in the book. Yeah, the very first one, yeah. So you would open the book and <laughs> it would be I've just got a bit funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be there for you, you know. Uh, Gosh. Can you remember w- what that made you kind of think in the moment um it was like a moment of recognition and it took me maybe another month to realize that this kind of like stream of like illness and cancer runs through the entire book mm. it was almost like i didn't i didn't realize that that's what she was saying but it, i felt it uh, sort of quite immediately mm. um and i think also there's like a lot of moments of you know the very simple recognition that you have when you first meet a poem and you're like oh yeah i can i can feel that and, and in a very literal sense, there was stuff like I was about to start a physics degree as well. And, you know, like, was just kind of like working out all these things about myself. Uh, and it was these little like moments of seeing something in, in that. Um, and then it kind of just like digested really slowly, I think. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sense of not giving up hope, like hope is still there and hope is so loud through the whole collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was like, you know, remember always look up. Yeah, and the, it's 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 look up to see magical things, beautiful things, isn't it? Look up yeah. to catch eclipses, gold leaf comets, angels, chandeliers out of the corner of your eye. Learn astrophysics. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder. I may be jumping very far here but whether you've shared this poem with anybody else? Uh, yeah, slowly. It took me like four years mm. before I was like willing to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, at one point I, I sort of, I walked a bit of the Camino and oh. I remember taking it with me and never telling anyone and then like we'd go sit in our bunks and I would just kind of like read it and then put it away again, which is, you can see why it's so like ruined for that reason. Um, and then sort of like very slowly kind of like shared it, but in a very like, you can't criticise it. <laughs> you can't take it away from me. <laughs> I had this complicated thing with a friend that was, you know, a bit of a nightmare. And, like, I'd already kind of shared that. And we'd always, like, say this line to each other. Mm. And it took a long time to accept that it could still be mine. Mm. Um, even if it wasn't, like, just mine. You've, yeah, you've just spoken very, very movingly there about the business of sharing something that's become very... We have that sense of ownership over it. And yeah, it's kind of we do. Precious and yeah, yeah. So and almost like on the other hand, you can't like it too much because it can't be like your thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's my thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, kind of like quite selfish. That's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you said that it had been around a bit, but I didn't yeah. realise you were going to say that it had been along the Camino, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing, isn't it? Um, how long was that after you'd found it? About a year. Right, okay. I think at that point it was sort of like another moment of uncertainty and 
tell me about the walking how was that it was yeah wonderful mm. just that that nice kind of like suddenly having a fully different rhythm to your life uh, even if it's like a temporary one um and exploring how other people felt and talking and, and being alone and just kind of like being consumed in a doing was a very moving part of it mm. did it give you what you hoped it would i think so yeah uh, like and now whenever i'm feeling particularly rough i just kind of do something that's a bit like sort of distance myself from everyone and just do something short term but like very committed to a, a, a place and a, and a difference from uh, my normal life yeah because that taught me that you can like reconnect with yourself in that kind of way you mentioned that there's a line that you and your friend would is it is it's it the, the last final line? line yeah don't trouble though to head anywhere but the sky yeah and we had matching badges of it and stuff Did you? <laughs> yeah because I used to run this like craftivism group. It was like activism through craft. So it's like ample access to a badge maker. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and can you tell me a bit more about what that line came to mean for you? I mean, presumably it sort of took on its own significance as a line sort of almost outside of the poem, perhaps. Um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's, it's both like very outside of the poem and like very in the poem itself in mm. that sense of move and move up and... Don't trouble yourself too much with like what's going on down here. If you need something higher and you're aiming for something higher, but also like it's you can't aim for one specific thing in the sky, really. You kind of you just aim for the sky in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think like that feeling of what do you do when you don't know what you're doing is that line and is also that kind of the whole poem. So this is I'm getting a sense that this poem has you know, you first came across it when your dad was ill. How, how long after that moment did he recover? Uh, I think it took maybe seven or eight months. Okay. And it feels like it, 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 it's come to kind of have a, a place in your life of whenever there's uncertainty going on, this poem somehow helps to guide you yeah. almost. Yeah, definitely. I think when I'm at my best, I'm, I'm most driven by like a curiosity and a... And like a joy in, in the sort of the many things that happen. Uh, whenever I, I'm, a, I'm lost, it's often because I'm not looking up. It's because I'm too focused on like the sort of minutia. Yeah. Um, so it's become like a symbol to move away from that minutia and out into like a bigger thing, I guess. Mm. I love that. Mm. What does that, that next uh, set of lines mean for you it's 2004 and I don't know a soul who doesn't feel small among the numbers I think it's kind of like a a symbol of the not aloneness of it that to feel desperately small and and insignificant is is not a unique feeling and you don't have to be lonely in that Um, although she's kind of saying it I suppose in a more like it's that's like sort of like a negative that we, we all feel like that, but I suppose there's still a hope in that as well, that mm. you're not kind of like isolated. 2004 and these days, that's what I'm, I'm just curious about what that, it's a very specific yeah. moment in time, isn't it, that she's talking about? I think it is, I think that, um, so this was released, I think, in 2010. And she, at that point, was clear from cancer. And it's looking, looking back on that kind of time. And I think it was around like six or seven years before. So that would put it, mm. I guess, right there. There is that incredible thing when life-threatening illness 
is close to us or in our own situation that you, your relationship to the idea of the here and now and the date and everything is amplified yeah. into yeah. something. Uh, I think the fact that I can really like say exactly when I found it is kind of a real indication of that. Yes. yes, absolutely. There's some extraordinary things in this list. Learn astrophysics or learn folk song. Human sacrifice. <laughs> Feels like a strange one to be in there. Mortality, flying, fishing. Sex without touching much. <laughs> Again, makes me go, ah. How do they sit for you? Um, I suppose I've always kind of interpreted that as that kind of like, cut your hair and get a piercing to deal with your problems kind of thing. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like this like, amplifying, like strange and, and like liberating things that you can do if you, if you want. Kind of something beyond the realms of the normal yeah. kind of boundaries of day-to-day -day yeah. stuff. In and a yet way. somehow, like, especially with like, sex without touching much, very much in it. Um, it's not like the answer is just like, I don't know, sex with a lot of touching. You know, like it's, it's kind of this thing where it's like you're doing something not because it's the ultimate happy, like comfortable thing. And it's more about like, I don't know, moving outwards from yourself. Um, in a sense, I guess. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the list that you might expect, is no. it? I mean, it's kind of wide-ranging. Mm. And, and it's not, I think, as you're saying, it's not, the, um, it's not the typical list of wonderful things that we can, you know, that yeah. are on our bucket list or yeah. whatever. It's not just like, smell the roses, take a long bath, you right. know, like it's... Uh, yeah, see the pyramids. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's quite a playful list, I think. Yeah. So do you, aside from putting it in your rucksack and taking it along the Camino with you, how, how does it, I mean, do you get it out very often? Do you, is it just in your head? Is it something you read? Is it something you say out loud? What's your, what's your way of being with it, I guess? Um, I think I get it out like, fairly often. Um, there's definitely lines that stick in my head at times. Uh, and what are, the, what are those particular phrases or lines that tend to be close to you? I mean, I'm looking now and I feel like it's quite a lot of them. Mm. Uh, the very first line, I think, uh, is definitely, it kind of like knocks about quite often. It's brilliant, that first line. Yeah. Too many of the best cells in my body are itching, feeling jagged, turning raw in this spring chill. Uh, I don't know, there's something about that. It's just... Mm. Terrific. I mean, rhythmically, I think it's wonderful, but the too many of the best cells. Mm. I, I, something yeah, about that. <laughs> but then that second line is mm -hmm. so visceral. Mm -hmm. That's it. It really, it really conjures that physical experience, doesn't it? Mm. And I guess when that, when you do find yourself maybe either saying those words or hearing it, what does it give you to sort of? tune into that if you like. I think it's like, uh, especially when there are, there are lines that are in the, the first half, it's like a reminder to check in with myself, you know? <laughs> if it's kind of like suddenly like there, I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, you should like see how you are. <laughs> great, great. So it's almost like a little nudge to yourself. Mm. Yeah. 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 Completely. And then it's wonderful because it kind of gives you a little bit of the 
prescription (laughs) in the second stanza doesn't it of you know you could kind of go okay so what do I need to do here then is it it about learning fishing have you ever been fishing I haven't actually not yet not yet I'm I'm working through it (laughs) we always ask people if they could characterize what kind of a friend the poem has been to them and you've talked mm. about that a bit but I just wondered if you could yeah kind of name what that is for you. <laughs> um I, I guess there's a sense in which it, it the friend that it is is the friend that's inside of yourself um like I think I really found it at the moment in which I realized that I had to be a friend to myself and it kind of like became that friend um or like became that reminder to be that friend of mutability. Too many of the best cells in my body are itching, feeling jagged, turning raw in this spring chill. It's 2004 and I don't know a soul who doesn't feel small among the numbers. Razor small. Look down these days to see your feet mistrust the pavement and your blood tests turn the doctor's expression grave. Look up to catch eclipses, gold leaf, comets, angels, chandeliers out of the corner of your eye. Join them if you like. Learn astrophysics or learn folk song, human sacrifice, mortality, flying, fishing, sex without touching much. Don't trouble, though, to head anywhere but the sky. That was Fiona with the gift reading at the end there. Our thanks to Faber and Faber for their permission uh, in using this poem, as well as to Joe Shapcott and to Hannah for allowing us to use the conversation. Really great to meet Hannah, Um, fantastic young woman, really enjoyed the conversation and um, I liked her, what she was saying about how uh, her approach to finding poems, it's kind of quite random and she manages to land upon these amazing poems, so uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I think if you do go at it that way, as it were, I think the poems find you, don't they? That's what seemed to be going on for her and I think that's wonderful. I did hear another story Oh yeah. about a poem finding, a person finding us actually, a person finding the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, a story of two people driving across Ireland, go past a lake uh, with an island in the middle of it, and one says to the other, oh, look, it's a bit like the Lake Isle of, the, of Innisfree. Do you think it is the Lake Isle of Innisfree? And the other person says, what are you talking about, the Lake Isle of Innisfree? And they say, well, you know, the poem. And they say, no, I don't know. So then the person who knows says, I'll just Google it for you. Googles and comes across the Poetry Exchange podcast and says, oh, look, here's the poem and here's something else. Let's put it on. And started playing the episode featuring the Lake Isle of Innisfree whilst driving across Ireland. That's terrific. So our thanks to all of you who have found us 
in the various and many ways that you have. Uh, it's fantastic to know that you're there. It's been brilliant to be getting some messages from people lately via Twitter and the website and so on. If you do want to nominate a poem that's been a friend to you and you're not able to come and find us uh, at one of the events we're doing, it's always possible to tell us via the website. There's a nominate page there. Obviously, it's not the same as actually meeting in person and having the full conversation, but it is great to hear from people far and wide uh, and to just know about those poems. So do send one in. If you want to join the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. And uh, share on Twitter and retweet and things like that. So wherever you are and whatever time of day it is with you, wishing you a peaceful rest of the day. And we look forward to being back next month with more Poems as Friends. And until then, thank you for listening. Mm.